little series on uh, giving and stewardship. And you're our guest today. You're thinking, man, what a week I picked to come to church. But you're here because you're meant to be here. And so we're here because we're all meant to hear this today and to respond. When you give, when you give. If you have your Bibles, you can open it with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, and we're going we're gonna to read uh, verses uh, 6 to 10 and uh, begin from there today. <laughs> this is, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. You're going to love me anyway, right? And love me anyway. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, put it up for me. It says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, uh, as the scriptures say they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For Check out this verse now. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Really interesting verses. I know that many of us, all of us, I think, would say that we're blessed, right? We're we're blessed people. We live better than billions and billions of people do across this globe. They still say that there's billions of people on this earth that's, that, that, that have to live on less than $2 a day. That's still true. So in comparison, clearly we're rich. We are blessed beyond measure. But that said, we'd like to be blessed more. <laughs> right? It's okay. No lying in church. We'd like to be blessed more. Yes. We know we're blessed, but we want to be blessed more. This passage gives us some insight into how to live a life that will be filled so that he will provide and increase our resources, and then he will turn us into men and women with generous hearts. This is it. See, when he pours out blessing... When he pours out things into our lives, it's never just for us. You understand that, right? There's a blessing. We're not to be a stagnant pond. We are not the Dead Sea. We do not just receive, and then it stops with me. We are a river, right, where we receive from the source and we flow downstream to others. This is who we are. So we... This passage gives us insight into how to live a life that would be filled with the blessing of the Lord. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, it's not on the screen, but it says, you know it, it's more blessed to give 
than to... Okay, so it says it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, you see, a lot of people don't actually believe that. They actually think that it's better to receive than to give. But the Bible is always upside down. You know, uh, sometimes I, I say it's the upside down kingdom of God, right? Everything is different about the kingdom than, than this earthly world. It, it's just different, right? We say, we say stuff like money is our security, money is our God, money is what makes me happy, money is what can sustain me and support me and keep me. And God says, the God's kingdom says, no, I'm, I do all that. I do all that for you. Now, it's like when God, we say we got to be strong, you know, we got to be independent, we got to be all this and that, and God's kingdom is like, when you're weak, then you're strong, right? There's always this upside-down paradox that goes on with the kingdom. And the kingdom of God teaches us something different. It, it teaches us that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And a, a lot of people think that to, to be blessed and to, and, to, and to continually be blessed means to get more. But the kingdom of God is, is different. Uh, it clearly teaches that if you want to live a more blessed life, you must be a giver. You must give. There's, there's a principle in play that if you give with the right spirit, if you give with the right attitude, you're going to get good results, right? If you sow a few seeds, you'll get a, a, a little crop. If you sow a lot of seed, you'll get a lot of crop. And, and there's a principle. The, the whole reap-sow thing makes sense. If you give with the right spirit and the right attitude, you get good results. Now, some consider giving to be a waste. It, it, some consider giving not to be a gain but a loss, right? But it's, it's, it's the wrong attitude when we understand for kingdom, for when we're talking about kingdom giving and kingdom principles, uh, giving is really not a loss, but it's sowing good seed for a, for a future harvest that's yet to come. You make a living, they say, right? You make a living from what you get, but you make a life from what you give. And I, and I think that's true. Is that in my notes? That's not. Somebody should write that down. That's good, right? <laughs> Somebody write that down. You make a living from what you get, but you make a life from what you give. Generous people, you've heard me say it, generous people change the world. And I know, I, I know you think I, I just say things trying to sound you know, big or I'm trying to exaggerate, but it's, it's true. Generous people change the world, one person at a time, right? The Scrooges of the world don't change anything. They're stagnant pawns. But people who are generous change the world one person at a time, one situation at a time, one village at a time, one house at a time. Generous people change the world around them. And the Bible says, not only are they changing the world around them, but they themselves are greatly blessed because of it. Somebody said amen. Besides Gary. Yeah. Right? Keep, keep, keep yelling at me. It's helping me, though. It's helping me. Yeah? But, but generous people change the world around them, and they themselves are blessed and changed because of it. So we've got to get right into it. So uh, the first point is when you give, 
You fulfill your purpose. When you give, you fulfill your purpose. Put up for me Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27. It says this. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the, uh, in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So listen, what he's saying here is human beings are different than the rest of creation. There's something unique about us. We were made in the image of God. That's not said in the same way about all the other creatures and all the other things. There's something unique about human, uh, human beings and humanity. There's something deep within us that still has the qualities of our maker. Amen? Like, we, yes, we know sin entered the world. It's, 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 it's done a lot of damage and ruined us and, 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 and taken us away and, and does a lot of damage to us. But deep down inside, we still have the qualities of our maker. It's like, it's like children, no matter if, you know, like, you know, you look like your dad, even though you don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if you don't like it, you still look like your dad, you know? You have your mother's eyes, you know, that kind of a thing. There's something in us that still resembles God, that still has that, 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 that vestige almost of the, of the image of, of the maker. And one of the clear characteristics, so there's so many, that's a sermon series in itself, but, but my point for the day is if we are made in the image of God, if we still have the qualities of of him in us. There's something in us that resembles God. One of the clear characteristics of God is that he's generous. Would you agree? He's generous. He's generous with his love. He's generous with his mercy. He's generous with his care. He's generous with his provision. You can honestly say that God is a giver. God gives and gives and gives again. He gives and gives on top of giving. He's a giver. He even gave his own son so that we could be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave. He's a giver. He gives, even his own son. So if God is generous, if that's a quality of God and a characteristic that rings true for him, and we are made in his image, you starting to get it? Then there's something in us that is wired for generosity. There's something in us that knows it's right. There's something in us that when we see it, we agree with it. There's something when we see it, it inspires us. It just, it happens and you go, and you know deep down in your core and you go, that's right. That's, that's right. And I wish I could be. It, it inspires us to be better. There's something about it. You, 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 you with me? We, so I, I get that we don't feel generous all the time. Oh, don't I know that? Yes, but we were created that way. And that's still in us, is my point. And so when we give, when we're generous, we actually are fulfilling our purpose. We're connecting to something that God put in us at the very beginning, right? Doing what you were created to do is an amazing feeling. I I believe there's something deeply powerful about that. 
There's something in us that knows being generous is right. There's something that just feels right about it. There's, it's just like when we give with, this, with a proper attitude, there's a deep, deep blessing that comes with it. It's not the nonsense of, of, some, of the, some of the extreme stuff where we, you know, like sometimes people aren't really generous, meaning like, uh, uh, you know, like I give you a Christmas present worth $100 because I'm expecting you to give me a Christmas present worth $100? Well, was that really a generous gift? No. So I'm saying I mean real when it's real. And you know when it's real. When we give with the right attitude, with a a proper attitude, there's a deep blessing that comes with it. You destroy your blessing when you approach it that way, right? That's not, that's not, that, that, that's, that's not doing it right. But when we see someone else being generous, my point is, it inspires us because there's something that connects with our spirit, that th- this is the right thing to do. We know that we should live this way. Now, I, I have a, next Sunday, you need to be here because next Sunday we're, it, it's going to be more of a sort of an encouraging, inspirational time. I'm going to, uh, we're going to have some testimonies of people that are going to come up on the stage. I've got some video stuff that I'm going to show, and uh, you're, you're, going to, you're going to want to be here. You're going to enjoy it much. But there was a couple of years ago, I showed a video clip. Um, there was a, used to be a show on TV called Secret Millionaire. And anyone remember that show? Okay, so it was a, a, a great show, hugely inspiring. In fact, if you want, if you want I, I'd, I'd recommend you get a Kleenex. But if you go on YouTube, just type in Secret Millionaire, you'll, you'll see full episodes of the shows. Just click on any one. It's like whatever, 30, 40 minutes long. Just watch it. But just saying, have a Kleenex because they're so inspiring. It's millionaires who are, they, they go into a, t- a town, an area that is, that is uh, in need, and they, they, they don't tell anybody that they're a millionaire. And they volunteer at at missions and get involved with community things and meet people. And then at the end of the show, they go back into these places and meet these people and they, and they reveal, but the big reveal is, I'm actually a millionaire and I want to bless the work that you're doing here. And they write them a big check. And it, it's mind-boggling how, how powerful the show is and how powerful the principle is of, of being generous. And by the way, this passage... You've heard me talk many times about we generous with our time, we're generous with our talent, uh, our time, talent, and our treasure. Well, this passage in particular, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he's not talking about time or talent. He's actually referring to money. If you read this chapter, it's, this one is directly related to money. And so, anyway, I have this old clip. Uh, I can't show a 40-minute clip, uh, but I have a little clip of, of, uh, of uh, uh, just a, a two, three-minute clip of um, a secret millionaire show at the end when the man is revealing to the woman who he really is. Just watch this. Everybody I've met in Detroit has affected me, but there's nobody who's affected me like this next individual. This person's been through a lot, and I'm going to give them a very special gift. Hey. Hi. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. 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 Come on in. 
Thank you, thank you. I came by, because uh, I'm going to be heading back to uh, California pretty soon, but I wanted to stop by and visit with you for a couple of minutes, okay? okay? You know, when I heard all that you go through, I figured, you know, at, your, you know, at the age of 24, you know, you've been through more stuff than people should have to go through in a lifetime, yet you were so sweet, and, oh. and, 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 and you were, like, so nice, and you, uh, you kind of touched my heart. You put yourself last and, and your daughter first, and that shows me a couple things. It shows me about a beautiful heart. It also shows me that you're an awesome mother. Thank you. You're such a special person, and, and you've been through so much. Uh, there's, there's like one thing I left out when I was telling you about myself. What's that? And the thing I didn't tell you is that life has been pretty good to me. Uh, I've, you know, been lucky and I've made a lot of money in, in, in the real estate business. Mm -hmm. And I didn't tell you, but I'm a millionaire. What? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> I am, I'm well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, it is cool. <laughs> but anyway, Bernie, I have, a, I have a gift that I think is going to hopefully... Why do you have a gift? <laughs> because I, I want to do something to make your life better. What are you better. doing? And I have a check made out to you, Courtney, for $20,000. No, yes, I do. <laughs> this is a gift. No. When, you, when you get a gift, you, you take it. You accept are it. You, are you for real? Yes, I am for real. I am for real. I am for real. This is real. This is really real. This is real. I wouldn't kid you about this. Oh, come here, come here. And you're making me cry. Oh. Shows how great you are. Everything's your daughter and nothing for you. Okay, you know, I'll get a new pair of shoes. I see what she's going through and, you know, she breaks my heart. And I wanted to do something nice for her and, and help her life. It's been a great experience. It's been one of the best experiences in my life. Not everybody has money they can give away, but everybody can give some of their time and some of their love to people and it would be a better world if everybody would do that. It's time to give back. When you watch that, there's something that feels really right about that, doesn't it? It resonates in us, eh? Eh? We're Canadian, we can say that. When we give, when we give, we fulfill our purpose. We're doing something that we were wired to do. We're doing something that we were created to do. We'll leave it at that. Second, I got to keep going. When you give, you position yourself for blessing. Okay, now, I know this, this, can be, this could be a bomb, but, but check this out. When you give, you position yourself for blessing. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds gets a small crop. The one who plants generously will get a generous crop. 
You must each decide in your, in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I want you to know that I'm not talking about this to pressure anybody into giving. Because that's not my heart. In fact, I made sure that the offering was taken up before we talked about this. Okay? Okay? So I'm not trying to, not trying to con anybody into anything here. But, but it's important that we understand this is an important verse. The Bible talks a lot about money. talks a lot about possessions. Because it's important that we understand it correctly. It's important that we get it. It's a part of following Jesus, all right, to talk about this stuff. Because the truth is, is the Bible is filled with things about money. It's, it's filled with how to handle money, what to do with money, all this kind of stuff. Jesus talked about it constantly. So we, it, it would be sort of uh, just uh, negligent on my part to throw out hundreds of verses in the Bible and never talk about it. It's, it's a part of it, and we need to talk about it. But how we handle our money, it, it's like a barometer. I see it like it's like a barometer of our faith. Adrian Rogers, who's a famous uh, pastor, he said, a faith that hasn't reached your wallet, it probably hasn't reached your heart. And I was like, youch, when I read that. But it's true. Where our money is spent, it shows very clearly what's important to us. We can blah, blah, blah all we want. The church is super important to me. How much did you give last year? Uh, nothing. Well, really? Just saying, you know. Like, so if we track our money, you like that one? Just if we track our money, right, it's very clear. So, you know, if you follow, if you track my bank account, it's like, well, my house is very important to me because I spend money on it, you know. Uh, Hydro is important to me because I spend money on that. You know, uh, you know, my car is important to me. I put gas in it and pay the maintenance bills like we can track where we spend our money. It's it's this isn't a ethereal, mystical thing. We, we can see where our money goes. Right. And so there's something about that that clearly shows what's important to us. God is not just encouraging. He's not just encouraging us to give. But here's the kicker. He wants us to like it. Do you understand that? He wants us to like it. He wants us to do it cheerfully, with with enthusiasm. When you come to church and the ushers come to the front, are you saying, this is my favorite part? I get to give and I'm thrilled to do so. Well, maybe we should come up to the front and stand and clap and cheer and say, God, thank you for the honor of giving back to you. Only a small bit of the blessing that you poured out to me. But he's saying, not only do I want you to do it, but I want you to do it and I want you to like it. I want you to do it with a good heart. I want you to do it willingly, cheerfully. A reluctant giver, somebody who comes you to a church or any place and, and gives reluctantly, it, it feels like you're paying a bill. I don't get a lot of joy dropping bills, you know, dropping like $100 on my hydro bill, right? I'm glad I have it. I'm not saying I'm not glad, but it doesn't thrill my soul to pay the bill, okay? Right? It's just true. 
He's saying, I want you to give and I want you to like it. This is how crazy the kingdom of God is. It's the upside down paradox, right? He's saying, I want you to give and I want you to like it. It's, you don't pay bills with great joy. Most of us don't. But you pay because you have to, because it's an obligation. You're required to do it, right? It's the law, right? But, it, but here's the thing. He wants us to do it and give with joy. See, a cheerful giver is someone who gives to God because they love God, right? You, 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 you don't do it for any other reason. You just give it because you love God. See, someone said, I think it might have been Amy Carmichael said, anyone, or uh, sorry, what did she say? What was I going to say? Yeah, she said, um, anyone uh, can, it'll come to me, anyone can give, or no, no, you can give without loving, that's what it is. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving, right? And she's, she's very, very true. This is why our money and our possessions are so connected to our faith. Because, like, who do we trust more? Who do we love more? Is it God or is it our money? He says you can't serve both. You've got to make a choice, right? So giving is, is, is a concrete, evidential fact of where, where we're putting priority. We're saying, I'm, I trust you. I trust you and I love you more than I love money. You are my provider, my rock. You're the one who's going to see me through. You have the ability to give everything I need and to provide me with extra resources so that I can be a source of blessing to others. So I'm going to go ahead and give, and I'm going to trust you to figure this out. This is where he wants us to be. This is how he wants us to live. So is is it God that we love, or is it our money? And to give it away is literally a declaration of our trust in him, our confidence in him. Um, he is more than able to meet our needs. Amen? Come on. Is he able to meet our needs, yes or no? Can he pay? Can he help us? Can he give us the income? Can he find a way? Can he provide us with stuff? Yes, he can. He's more than able. He's the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The whole world is in the palm of, your hand, is in the palm of his hand. He can, he can do this. So it's a declaration of trust and confidence in a God who is more than able to meet our needs when we give. It says we're placing a greater value on him than, and on his kingdom and on eternal things rather than on our money. We know we can't take it with us, right? But loving God more than money is still not an easy thing to do. I, I understand that. I bleed too. I'm human too, you know. This is a struggle for us. I get it. It's, it's uh, you know, money has a shelf life. All of our possessions, they have a shelf life. Um, I was reading a story about a, a man who was in the Civil War, and uh, in the U.S. Civil War, and he was in the South, and they had their own money called Confederate money, and it was different than regular U.S. money. And he had a whole lot of Confederate money. But when the South lost the war, guess what happened to the Confederate money? Throw it in the fire, baby. It was useless, right? So the point is, is it just reminded me our money has a shelf life, right? Like we, we can only use it for so long. 
our, our years are, are, are limited here, and our money it will, will go away and will not go forward with us. We can't take it with us, and, but, but still we know these things and we understand the principle, but I, I realize that it's still a struggle to love God more than our money, to trust him and to believe him to do what, what he promises to do. See, the, the blessing and the, or the blessings that come to those who give, it's stated throughout Scripture again and again and again and again. I, I, I put up uh, three. Prover- Here's three examples. Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. He'll look after you. Malachi. Or the Italians, you used to call them Malachi. Chapter 3, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Check this out now. He says, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, if you do, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. It's like he challenges you to man up, right? Jesus, oh, that's Old Testament, Pastor. You can't tie this Old Testament. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. We can have that debate later. Listen, look at what Jesus said. Luke chapter 6, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. This is what Jesus says. And by the way, if you want to argue with tithing, you're on a slippery slope. I just want to throw this out here. Not in your notes, but just an aside. There's a lot of people that would say, there's some people in this church, you need to understand if you're new, if you're new here, we give 10% of our, of our income to the Lord. We give it to the church. We live off the 90. So I say to people, you should give 10% to the Lord. You should save 10% for yourself and live off 80. That's how we should be operating. That's ideally how we should operate. We give 10%. Some of us do. Some of us give more. There's people that give more. A lot of people don't give that much, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that believe in the principle of tithing. And if you want to argue that it's an Old Testament principle, I would argue you're on slippery slope because Jesus always took Old Testament law and made it and, and, and raised the bar. Always raised the bar, right? Said, well, if you commit adultery in the Old Testament, you're stoned. Jesus said, if you look at her lustfully, you've committed adultery. Just raises the bar all the time, all the time. So how do you know if you're generous? How do you know if you're a generous giver? How do you know? Like, seriously, what's the bar you measure? Well, if I give 2%, is that generous? If I give five bucks a week, if I, like, what is generous? How do we understand that to be? Well, if you go by 10%, that's sort of like the base, meaning, okay, like this. If you go to a restaurant, what's, what's the base tip nowadays? 15%, correct? If you don't give 15, you're cheap, just saying. Okay, but it's, am I right? Right, it's 15%. So if you go into a restaurant and you get exceptional service and the server just serves you so well and the meal is great and you had a wonderful time and you want to make sure that that server knows 
that they did a great job. If you just give them 15%, you've met the standard, correct? But if you give them 20 or 25%, they, they go, wow, that's a generous tip, right? So I'm saying if, you, if, if we want to argue about generosity and tithing and all this stuff, it seems to me that the Old Testament baseline is sort of where we start. If you go above 10%, then we can talk about being generous. And this is the challenge. You see, now you're going, ooh, now I just poked. Now that was a poke. Just breathe. You still love me. You still love me. You still love me. Okay? But, but this, is, this, is, this is where, this is, this, this is what he's saying. We, he's, he's asking when you give, right, generously, you're, you're, you're positioning yourself for blessing. Right? He says, Jesus says, give and it will be given back to you. The amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. It's this principle that's in play, the reap sow thing, right? We plant generously, we reap generously. We plant, we plant uh, uh, limited, then we re- we re- we'll get a return of limited value. That's how it goes. But notice in verse 7 that we just read, it says, you must decide in your heart how much to give. You must decide, Right? So you shouldn't give it reluctantly, and you shouldn't be giving it in response to pressure. Not pressure from me, not pressure from anybody. That's not how we operate. It's you decide how much you want to give. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, just one chapter before. It says this, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. This is, this is the, the whole thing of giving it cheerfully, giving it, wanting to do it, doing it with joy. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. So get it. Listen, the idea is not that everybody gives the same, right? You go, whoo, thank you, pastor. Yes. See, people have different incomes. People have different abilities to give, right? Somebody who is a millionaire, like this guy, has the ability to write a check for $20,000 and bless that woman, right? Well, not a lot of us have the ability to write a check for $20,000 to give it away. But the point is, is he's saying this. It's you give according to what you have. You give generously from what you have, right? Not what you don't have. So there's a a principle again in play, right? And and you see it. um, You see it actually in the story, Mark chapter 12. Put this up for me. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. And then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. And Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. So he Listen, people are there. The Pharisees made a big display. They'd come in with big buckets and make sure everybody saw all the cash they're dropping in, you know. Worship me. Call me great. See all the money I'm giving, right? And Jesus is watching, and this poor little woman walks up, drops in two pennies, and he says, there's a generous person. The amount didn't matter. Do you understand? It was all about the heart. It was all about the attitude, why she gave. He didn't give a rip if it was a penny. Didn't give a rip. What he cared about was that she was giving generously. See, it's never the amount that counts. That's a, that could be amount count. 
It's never the amount that counts. It's the heart. It's the heart. If we give with love, if we give with faith, if we give with joy, if we give with eagerness, that's what God loves. He says, you decide what you want to give, but I love somebody who gives willingly, cheerfully, eagerly, joyfully. This is what I want of you. This is, this is the person who will be blessed by their giving. You give and you'll get back. I will bless you. And we always say, well, you know, it's nonsense to believe, by the way. If you give $100, you'll get $1,000 back. It, it, it's possible, yes. But understand this. This is, this is my point. If, if, if the best things in life can't be bought with money, then maybe the most important blessings we receive from God are not money. We can't limit him just to bless us with money. If you need it and you give and he wants to bless you that way, then he'll bless you that way, right? But, we, but it's nonsense to believe that it's only money that we, that we get blessed. It's not. It's not true. He blesses us with everything. What is a contented life worth? What is living at peace worth? What is living with a sense of joy and a good marriage and, and home and food in the fridge? What is that worth? A lot. And that stuff, a good home and your children well and all that stuff, it's stuff that money can't buy. And every, every good gift comes from above. So every blessing we have is from him. So it's not the amount that counts. It's the heart. If we give it with eagerness, it's, that's what he wants. It's the attitude we have towards our giving that counts more than the amount we give, Right? And please understand that. Giving to get is the wrong attitude. We give because we love, right? We give because we love. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. We give because we love, right? It's the right thing to do. We all know it. It connects with us. There's something deep in our core that knows this is right. When it's the right thing to do. And when we do the right thing, what do I say? Come on, right things happen. I say that constantly. You should know that by now. Do the right thing and right things happen. It's just, it's, it's a principle. Do the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. And when you consistently do the right thing, right things consistently happen to you. People think it's luck. It's not. I call it the luck of the Lord. <laughs> it's called the blessing from the Most High. Right? It's the favor of God who looks down upon his child and says, you're doing that right and I want to bless you. Right? This is an awesome God that we serve. Right? If we give cheerfully because God will provide for us uh, and give us extra, or sorry, we can give cheerfully because God says he's going to provide and give us extra to share with others. Look at um, 9.8, 2 Corinthians 9.8. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So when we show God we can be trusted to use our money for him, he responds by giving us more resources to use for him. Okay? And now I know that sounds, uh, uh, sounds funny maybe to some of you, but it's, it's very, very true. And you actually see it played out in Scripture more than one time. In fact, Matthew 25, it's not up there, but it's, you'd know it as the parable of the talents, right? 
Talent is just it's a money thing. A, a rich man is going away. He gives five. Uh, he gives like five. Let's say uh, gold nuggets to uh, to one servant. He gives two to another and one to another. Right. And so the one that the one that got five went out, invested it, did some great things. Come on, you know the story. And he made what? Five more. Right. The guy that got two went out, did well. He got he he made two more. The one that had won, he was afraid he would lose it. He was knew the master was going to come one day looking for it. So he, was, he freaked out. He buried it in the ground. And when the master came back, they come to him and, and they say, hey, the guy that has five, he goes, master, here's the five that you gave me and here's the extra five, right? And, he, and the guy, here's the two that you gave me and here's the extra two. So at the end of the story, you read it in Matthew chapter 25. What happens is, is he takes the one that the guy wasted, and he gave it to the one who made more, right? So there's, I believe that, again, there's a principle, right? When we, when we show God that we can be trusted, do you know there's people in this world, believers, Christians, that God can't trust with money? Because he knows that you'll be destroyed because of it. He knows that you'll waste it. He'll know that you'll, you'll get yourself into a hole he knows that it's not good for you. And so people, you know, I want to play the lottery and win a million dollars. And some people can't be trusted with money. Follow the stories of people that win money all of a sudden and you'll be shocked at what happens, right? Some people can't be trusted. But when we show God that we can be trusted, right, he responds by giving us more resources to use. See, because... If, if we're this conduit of blessing and he knows I, I, can, I can trust you, then, I, you know, we give and we get blessed. We give and we get blessed. We give and we get blessed. It's this beautiful cycle that just continues to happen in our life. The favor of God and the wisdom of God and the blessing of God falls on people who are generous and who show that they can use what God gives us in a wise way. The servant who wisely used the money got even more. And, and so when you talk about receiving God's blessing in your life, you, you always remember, and I, I know I said this, but it's really important that we understand. Sometimes you'll hear people on TV or whatever talk about, you know, you know, plant a seed and, you know, you get all this money back, and it's always in terms of money. I believe that it's wrong to always think about blessing in terms of money. I, I don't believe that that's the correct way to look at it. If he wants to bless us with money, he will. But if, if, like I said, if the best things in life can't be bought with money, then why would we, I mean, don't we want the best blessings from God? You know? So I, I think it's important to understand if the best things can't be bought with money, then maybe, maybe, the more important blessings that we receive from him are not the ones of a financial nature. Okay, I've got to wrap up here. When you, when you give, you gain perspective, okay? So real quick, have you ever talked to somebody who's just returned from a missions trip? How many have been on a missions trip, okay? And, and, or if you talk to somebody. So listen, when you go on a missions trip, like between the food, the airfare, the supplies... Uh, those trips can be expensive, very expensive. They, they cost money to go. And, um, but when people get back, even the guy that on the, uh, uh, on the secret millionaire, you know, they'll use words like um, life-changing, eye-opening, 
awesome, incredible, uh, you know, um, just uh, something I, I, you know, I, I do again. That's kind of stuff, right? Like people that get back from a mission trip, I've never heard one person say, right? I raised all that money, I did all those dinners, I sent out all those letters, I put in those extra shifts, I, I raised all that money to help people, to build that house, to dig that well. It was a total waste. I should have just stayed home, bought a TV and a new couch. I never ever heard it. Not once. Why? You don't hear it because giving not only feels right, right? It, it is right, but it adds perspective and gratitude to your life, right? You know, like we know somebody benefited from our giving. They are better for it and you are better for doing it, right? We sometimes regret the things that we buy but you will rarely regret the things that you give away. Seriously. Especially, I mean, to a good cause. I'm not, I'm not talking a waste. But you, you'll, we always go, oh, man, buyer's, you know, buyer's remorse. Shouldn't have bought that stupid thing. Bought that kid that $100 truck, and by Boxing Day, it was broken. Waste, you know? Happens with boys. Trust me, Dennison. Yeah. Maybe girls too. I don't, I don't have a lot of experience with girls, but boys are hard on toys. You know, and you all, oh, buyer's remorse, shouldn't have bought that, shouldn't have bought that, you know. But I, honestly, you, you, you will rarely, rarely have giving remorse to a good cause. There's nothing wrong, by the way, like spending money can be fun. It's great. I, I enjoy it too. I mean, we buy new stuff, we buy new clothes, new cars, whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with all of this. There's nothing wrong with these things. Please don't get me wrong. I, I, all I'm asking is that we, we, we keep it in perspective, right? And this is why giving gives us perspective because it, it, it just proves to us in our core what's really important. And if you listen, that image of God rises up and you, and you, you, you get so much satisfaction out of the giving that it encourages you to do it again, right? So there's, spending money on stuff is great. There's nothing wrong with these things as long as we keep it in perspective and keep our, keep our eye on what's really important and what really satisfies. God is our source of life, and the one thing that matters beyond this life is Jesus. Giving in Jesus' name, it enriches our lives. And it gives us this eternal perspective that all of our material things, they'll never give us, right? Luke chapter 12, put this up for me. Jesus said this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. See, giving 
gains us perspective. We make investments into heavenly things that will last forever. No moth or rust will destroy our kingdom investments, right? So eternity matters. And when, and when you give, it helps us, when we give, it helps us to shift our perspective onto the more important thing. And lastly, and real quick, when you give, you partner with God. And all, all I mean by that is this. God doesn't need our money, right? Like, we know that. But, but he's the one that holds the world together. He can survive quite nicely without your cash, pretty sure. He doesn't need us, but he invites us to join him. And I want you to just, don't just brush that off, okay? The one who holds the world in his hand invites you, you, Bob, Susan, Bill, whatever, to join him. He invites you to join him. He wants us to join him to be part of his plan, to walk in his will, and to enjoy his presence and his blessing. And so some of us, a lot of us, like the miracle of this building is something that I personally will never forget. That, that this was a God project right from the start to the end. And we were privileged. I was privileged and you were as well to be a part for such a time as this to be a part of God's plan for what he was going to do here. That's pretty awesome. And, 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 and uh, it's an honor to partner with God, right? We all get to participate in this miracle and in every other miracle he, he asks us. So listen, when we give, we, we're, we join with God in his mission around the world, right? It's big. And, and I, I, listen, let me just say this, okay, with, with, with love. We don't give to keep the lights on, for goodness sakes. I'm glad there's lights on, okay? That's, we, we, we don't give to keep the lights on. We give because the gospel needs to be heard, right? The gospel needs to be delivered to our community and to places all around the world. You don't just give to this church when you give here. You, we, we're giving as the family of God. To, we're, we're partnering with him in something big. It's global. It's going on all over the world. We join forces. It's this worldwide movement of churches all around the world in Canada, the U.S., China, Africa, the U.K., South America, the Middle East, Russia, and on and on and on it goes. There's something bigger going on all around us. And when we give, we partner with God with whatever he's doing everywhere around the, around the globe. Church, this church, is we are not a bank, you understand? But first, you should know this too, if you don't. I don't have a clue what anybody gives. I don't. Isn't that beautiful? So, what's beautiful for me? (laughs) I don't have a clue what anybody gives. I like it that way. It's going to stay that way. But I want you to to know that when you give to this church, what I mean is we're not a bank, is we we don't make profit. Please understand this. When we give to a church, what you're doing is you're allowing the church to do more things in the community, and you're allowing the church to give more money away. Do you understand? So we, 
we, we give money away to people and to needy uh, to, and to causes that are needy. We give, we send money all over the world to missionaries. We, we do lots of stuff with the money. Come to the meeting and find out where it goes. Like, but my point is, is people think pastors get up and beg for money because, you know, if you give more money, I'm going to get rich. It's absolutely nonsense, right? If you want to pay me directly because I blessed you, you're allowed. But I'm just joking. But, but just joking. I'm just joking if you're a guest. Just joking. But, but, but listen, listen, when we give, when we give, all right, all it is, there's, there's a high level of integrity in this place when it comes to money. You need to know that. A high level of integrity. We, this is, we are stewarding God's money, right? And we better be awful careful how we use it and how we spend it. Amen? And so that's important. So when we give to this church, I can't speak about every church. I can speak about this church. When we give to this church, right, you allow us to do more in our community and you allow us to give more away. If less comes in, then less goes out. Do you understand? If more comes in, then more goes out. And it's really just that simple, right? So don't, don't, don't think that, you know, I'm up here trying to con you, pressure you, tell you I need all your cash. It's, it's nonsense. This is more about what, what I say. This is more about what I want for you than what I want from you. Do you understand that I, this, I, want, I want this for myself as well? That if we can be generous givers, if we can sow lots of seed, then we can expect a big crop back, right? And so keep that in your mind. And, and with this, we're going to wrap up. There's a little video. It's three minutes long. And uh, it's Francis Chan. And he's, he got asked some questions about generosity. And it really, it really uh, like touched me. And I... I just I wanted to show it to you and hope you get something out of it. Go ahead and watch this. If Christians gave just this one area, just financially, the way that Jesus would want us to, it would have such an amazing effect on the whole world. And I'm not just talking about all the people we could help, you know, and feed and get them the water and everything else. I'm talking about the cynicism that we see towards the church in the United States. Flying out here, person next to me, just, why does he reject God? I've seen it all. My buddy that came with me sat with another guy. Why doesn't that guy believe in God? Same type of thing. Everyone's pointing to these believers who, yeah, he calls himself Christian, but I don't see anything. They don't see a compassion. They don't see a love. They see us say that we hold to certain beliefs and a certain theology, but they don't see us really loving people to the point where we give to them sacrificially. And I think just that one thing because the world loves their money so much that it really is shocking to them and a light to them. And they go, you really don't care. You just gave that away joyfully. You really believe you're going to be rewarded in the next life. You know, whether they believe it or not, at least now they're rejecting a a true example, um, 
right now there's just people laugh at what we call church what we call Christianity and so if we could get churches to really seek to live out this kind of loving generous giving I think it's going to have a huge impact on the world Jesus talked about money so much, so it doesn't make any sense to say, let's talk about spiritual things, not money. That's like, okay, so then Jesus wasn't real spiritual. <laughs> you know, and no, he talked about it all the time. It's, Jesus was, when you, when you look at the things that he would say to people, he was very concrete. See, we like, in, in America, we like to make spirituality almost um, something you can't measure. We, we make it very abstract. Like, oh, I feel this, God, he's just in me, I just know it. You, you know, and, and well, but where's the fruit? You know, where's the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? You know, the, the words that Jesus uses, the words that John uses, the words that James uses, is this like, well, you say this, you say this kind of ethereal, abstract, oh, I love people, but scripture would say, but if you love them, you wouldn't just say, oh, I love you, go warm and be fed. You would actually give them some food and put some clothes on their back. You would do something practical, something we could see. And, and you know, you, and, and at the same time, he says, you're not going to be like the Pharisees who do things just to be seen. And so we're not talking about that. But true, true spirituality is going to lead to some sort of action. Like, I, I'm trying to think, it may have been Amy Carmichael who said, you can, you can give without loving, ah. but you can't love without giving. Good one. Uh, that's good. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. We can say, oh, I'm so loving this, that. Well, if you were, you would give. Yeah. Let's stand together. Let's just bow and pray. Father, 